0: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. The official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, early one as well. Hornets with a matinee against the Orlando Magic, 1 p.m. tip time. So if you're listening to this early enough here on your Sunday, please come out and join us at the Hive Spectrum Center. Tickets available at hornets.com. But either way, we've got you covered with some future-looking, focused topics here today on the HHC. We're going to be talking about The Hornets G League affiliate, the Greensboro Swarm, had a couple of recent games and some good efforts for some players who are uh, closely linked, obviously, with the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk about that. And a recent edition of NBA Rookie Rankings published by The Athletic. Is there a Hornet featured there, and where do they have him stacking up? Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo. Rob, thanks as always for joining me here on Sunday. Thanks, Sam. Nowhere else I'd rather be. I knew it. I knew it. We'll be talking at the arena soon enough. Let's dive right in. Let's start with rookie rankings. Hornets, uh, a little bit slow to get some of the rookies out there on the floor. Some earlier opportunities for Bryce McGowan's ahead of their first-round pick, Mark Williams. That was more due to available minutes for Bryce versus anything that Mark was doing wrong, per se. In fact, it had much more to do with what Mason Plumlee and Nick Richards were doing right. But eventually, Mark Williams gets on the floor, and at this stage, outside of night two of back-to-back, It's been pretty much undeniable that he's deserving to be out there. And now he's starting to get included as well on some more of these rookie ladder, rookie rankings type of publications. We're looking at The Athletic, Sam Vecini posting this in the last 48 hours, and he goes to the top 15 on his rookie rankings. I'll be honest, I think he does a, a little bit more focused on overall over the course of the season averages, not over the last month and a half per se, not over you know stats over a 36-minute average, but over... All everything, and so Mark Williams doesn't look as favorable compared to some rookies out there, but he does make the list now at number fifteen. You've had a chance to peruse the publication. What are your thoughts?
3: Well, that's a pretty good, I guess, kind of summary of the article, Sam, because he says at the bottom of it, I put Mark Williams in the last spot despite the fact he's only played about three hundred minutes because he didn't feel very strongly about some of the other guys that are rookies in the NBA during the last handful of games here in the association that may have gotten kicked out of the rotation more or less on their respective teams. So, I mean, I understand where Sam's coming from, but when you take a look at it, I mean, what Mark's been able to accomplish, and I was looking at some stuff for the Greensboro segment that we have coming up here in a few moments, but when you look at his numbers of what he did in the G League, 11 games, he averaged over 22 points per game, 12 rebounds, almost two blocks a game, and he was playing almost 28 minutes per game. Now, you go back to his NBA stats here so far in his rookie season, He's played 23 games, 7 points per game, 5 rebounds, almost a block, and he's only playing – not even 14 minutes so obviously the dip in minutes is going to cause a lot of those numbers to kind of come down but like you said when you look at the per 36 or even over the last month when you take it as a smaller sample size and don't have it in that wider lens what Mark's been able to accomplish here over the last two three weeks or so of the season has been really really good stuff I mean if you were able to boil down rookie of the year into maybe a two or three week span he would be a lot higher on that list than just 15 so again I understand where he's coming from But at the end of the day, I think it's great that Mark is starting to finally get some recognition. And I think the game that kind of opened up some eyes was when he went head to head with Walker Kessler a couple of games ago out in Utah. I thought that was a chance for some of the people that are really keeping a close eye on rookies in the national media. They finally got a chance to say, hey, this Mark Williams kid's pretty good. He's going up against Walker Kessler, who we think is one of the top three guys that might be in the rookie of the year race at the end of the season and he's kind of holding his own so I think that's where Mark was finally able to get a little bit of national recognition but overall it's just great to see somebody getting like I said some recognition on a national level in a season that just hasn't gone according to plan for the Hornets. Uh,
0: No it hasn't but uh, I think there are some of these players worth spotlighting and and, you know certainly the center position has been front and center there Mason Plumley's having a career year Nick Richards really has emerged onto the scene and Mark Williams has been a very impressive rookie, and and I'm with you. I think if you look at performance based off different metrics than overall averages in terms of points per game, rebounds per game, so on and so forth, you find that Mark Williams stacks up much better. Obviously, if you drill down to the last month versus the overall season, things look better for Williams because he's playing more. It's not just getting in a couple of times a month in essentially garbage time, playing for four minutes, maybe he gets a dunk, maybe he doesn't, but it drags down the averages. Either way, lately he's getting consistently, you know, in at 12 to 18 minutes per game area and threatens a double double every once in a while, but pretty consistently. He's averaging, you know, seven and five, seven and seven somewhere in that neighborhood. And then when you extrapolate to the kinds of minutes that players like Walker Kessler have played, that Jalen Duran has played for Detroit, you see that kind of production really explode. And look, you know, with Utah they were in a top ten position for the majority of the season. I think they've slipped a little bit lately, but Walker Kessler's been a significant piece for a team that's been threatening the playoffs for a long time. With Jalen Duren and, and you know with some of the, the Rockets' young guys, that's not the case. And so I'm not saying that those stats don't mean as much, because they, they do mean a lot, and quite frankly, the Hornets aren't in a playoff chase either, so you can make that argument. But those players have not had to work their way through a Mason Plumlee having a career year. Maybe you make that argument a little bit with Kessler, with Kelly Olynyk over on that roster, but I think Mark Williams has had the biggest impediment in terms of players performing well ahead of him uh, to try and work his way through. Interesting also on, on these rankings where some of the other stars of the draft class are slated. Obviously, Chet Holmgren not playing this year. He got that injury prior to his rookie season, so he's not in the top fifteen here. But Paulo Van Carroll, the number one overall pick, is number one. You've got Benedict Mathrin, who has been a you know a top ten selection for Indiana and has you know been pretty highly ranked the whole way. He was in at number three. Kessler slid up to number two. And interesting there, a lot of advanced metrics supporting that case for Sam Vecini. I'd like to see some of those same advanced metrics go to Mark Williams' behalf, but that's a, a personal preference viewed through teal-colored glasses. One that is interesting, Jabari Smith Jr., third overall pick. He's ranked number 14, and he's someone who is seeing significantly more minutes than Mark Williams. But if you drill down to those per-36-minute stats, you see Mark Williams ahead of Jabari Smith Jr. So a couple interesting things in there, but I am with you. Ultimately, it's just good to see Mark on these lists, on the rookie ladders, here on this Rookie Rankings in the Athletic. And we'll see as we close in on the trade deadline, maybe more minutes will eventually open up for Mark Williams. But as it stands, I think we're seeing the production per minute value is there. He's learning on the job. He's getting a great tutelage from a 10-year veteran in Mason Plumley. And I think it's all upside right now for the Hornets. At that center spot. All right, we're going to continue to look towards the future here for the Hornets. The Greensboro Swarm had a great performance the other day against the Grand Rapids Gold, including a couple of current members of the Hornets roster. We'll talk about them next here on the Hornets
2: Hivecast. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions supply. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you, even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for-product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
1: begins
0: sam farber and rob longo here with you on the hhc the hornets hivecast brought to you by senta charlotte eye ear nose and throat associates the official eye ear nose and throat care provider of the charlotte hornets the greensboro swarm our swarm report a part of our game day broadcast with rob longo at halftime on the hornets radio network but we'd like to take a closer look at their most recent game here on this edition of the hhc hornets defeated the grand rapids gold 123 to 107 really torched them in the first half they led by 26 at intermission and just coasted the rest of the way for a 123-107 to victory. Three members of the Hornets' active roster, I guess you could say, were a part of the starting lineup. Teo Maladon is on a two-way contract. He's played very well in the G League most of the season. Uh, This one was not his best game, but still a strong effort. 12 points, three rebounds, three assists. He did turn the ball over five times but then Kai Jones and James Booknight both really really strong games for Jones 21 points to go with nine rebounds he also blocked five shots and he shot a perfect seven for seven from the floor taking a page out of Mason Plumley and Mark Williams books from uh, what they've been able to do recently with the big club and then there's James Booknight he also tied for the team high with 21 points he had 10 rebounds in this one eventually fouled out but he shot a really good percentage going six for ten from the floor and most importantly four for seven from three the talent level on These guys is through the roof and I would throw tail Maladon in as well. He was a pretty highly acclaimed draft pick when he was selected by the Thunder coming out of France and is still a young guy. Uh, you know, anyone under 25, in my opinion, is a young player in this league. But you look at these numbers and particularly the efficiency that's impressive here for Kai Jones. He's been heading in this direction. Most of this G League season, James Booknight, not so much to be perfectly fair. So seeing a performance like this, I think is really eye opening and hopefully will springboard him moving forward forward, hopefully for some similar performances for the Hornets in the not-too-distant future, Rob.
3: Yeah, when you go back to that game that they even had on Wednesday, it was a 112-108 to win. They also played Grand Rapids kind of in that mini-series, but even if you go back to Wednesday book was three of seven from beyond arc. he was six of 14 from the field and he still had 15 points so the fact that he's been able to just get some extra work in at greensboro has been great because again i think it's one of those situations where book fell out of the rotation a little bit but it's not really anybody's fault i mean just the people above him are playing better i mean obviously the mellow ball and terry rozier and bryce mcgallens has seen some flashes as well even as a rookie and he's been on that two-way deal as well teo maladon's been able to provide some assistance in the backcourt in a rotation Dennis Smith Jr. who I don't think a lot of people had the kind of season that he has had pegged whenever they signed him especially obviously with him being healthy once again I know the injuries were a big issue for him but at the end of the day there's nowhere else for James Booknight to really go put him in Greensboro get him some run he's played 10 games in there so far this season he's averaging almost 17 points per game he's shooting at about a 40% clip, 38% from beyond the arc. If he's able to kind of get those numbers up a little bit more, I like what we're seeing from James Booknight, and especially Kai Jones, too. I think Kai's been the guy that's been benefiting the most from this run in Greensboro as of late. He's played in nine games so far in Greensboro with the swarm this season. He's averaging a little bit over 16 points per game, Nine rebounds, about two and a half blocks per contest as well, and he's shooting at almost a seventy percent clip. And again, I know the three point shooting is something that kind needs to work on, but he's hitting at about a thirty three percent clip right now. But at the end of the day, the field goal percentage was what matters most, attacking the rim, getting a lot better there in that portion of his game, because that's what he's going to be needed for at the NBA level at some point. And it's probably going to happen much sooner rather than later. So the fact that Kai Jones was taking a page out of Mason Plumlee's book, like you mentioned, with those 21 points, seven for seven from the field, and those nine rebounds the other night, it's really promising to see from a guy like Kai Jones. And like I said, James Booknight just kind of has to work his way back to get that shooting a little bit better for himself to get himself a chance here at the big league club as well.
0: And one more thing to that point, you mentioned Kai Jones and and what you know this G League run can represent for his future. You know James Booknight. If you look at some of his recent runs, wasn't the case this last game, but he has been coming off the bench. I don't think that's a bad thing at all for James Booknight. More mirrors the kind of role he's likely to have if in when he gets back into the NBA rotation. Might as well have him continue to get acclimated there. Minutes wise, there's not much of a drop off from what he had done this previous season in the G League. And even though this recent shooting performance really goose some of those averages up particularly the three-point average he had been shooting better from three this season in the G League than last season and in case you're curious no they don't move the line around so uh, his three-point percentages should line up pretty well with what he would be doing in Charlotte and if he were shooting these exact numbers he In the NBA, in Charlotte, that he's done in Greensboro, he would be the Hornets' leader in three-point percentage. So there is some hope for the future there. Nice win for the Greensboro Swarm, and we certainly encourage you to go on out to Novant Fieldhouse in Greensboro, catch some of these Swarm games. They're very exciting, and and quite frankly, it's a perspective a view of nba caliber athletes that is very hard to come by at the nba level these are you know season ticket seats that are going to cost more than you and i make combined rob longo and we're taking care of just fine i mean I'm i'm not complaining here but i'm saying you know to see the game from up close and personal at an nba game is a very different price point than the G League. But the product, you know, it's outstanding out there. They do a really terrific job. Certainly recommend you go on, make the drive to Greensboro, see the future of the Hornets. Kai Jones, James Booknight, Teo Maladon currently playing for that team. And uh, hopefully they can continue to win there, the Swarm, on their way back to buzz city speaking of buzz city hornets have a matinee affair today against the orlando magic we will preview that one for you next here on the Hornets sidecast
2: nobody wants to outlive their money but it happens especially for women that's why gainbridge offers the parity flex annuity It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. Gainbridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex.
3: Who's with us?
2: Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for-product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important
1: information.
0: Or visit CheapoAir.com
2: slash podcast.
0: Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are finally back home, wrapped up another three-game road trip Hornets have very seldom been at home since uh, the the calendar turned to 2023. They played those first two games of January inside Spectrum Center, losses to the Lakers and Grizzlies, then set out on a road trip to really start the month of January. That was a four-gamer where the Hornets beat the Milwaukee Bucks, dropped the next three. Then they were home for two against the Eastern Conference, leading Boston Celtics, right back on the road again. Home for two, right back on the road again. You get what I'm going at here. Charlotte has just not had a lot of home games but they've won their last two in a row wins over the Chicago Bulls in Miami Heat one of the more impressive stretches of the season Hornets hoping to recapture some of that magic later on today against the Orlando Magic and as we preview this game Rob Longo we need players to watch for either side as well as a statistic to watch you are the guest you get to go first
3: Let's begin with a Hornets player to watch, and I'm going to just take the low-hanging fruit with LaMelo Ball. I mean, the guy's just been lights out ever since he's come back from that ankle injury, basically threatening a triple-double every night, it seems. You go back to that game against the Detroit Pistons became the fourth player this season to go for a stat line of 20 or more points eight rebounds eight assists and five steals in a game he had 23 8 8 and 5 against Detroit on Friday those five steals by the way tied a career high so LaMelo Ball's just been playing at an all-time high level ever since he came back from that injury like I said I think he's kind of the no-brainer and a lot of stuff kind of hinges on him how the offense moves how the offense feels making sure that he stays out of foul trouble that sort of thing and again I go back to friday's game and i don't blame him for the majority of the fouls and him fouling out because again that last one towards the end of the game that was his fifth was kind of a 50 50 between him and jade and ivy the sixth foul was him just trying to get the clock stopped so they can extend the game so i'm not going to fault him for a couple of those by any means but it has been an issue for Lamelo earlier in the season just has to stay out of foul trouble. I know he likes to be aggressive. We've seen that a lot here over the last couple of games, him kind of backtracking towards the basket, trying to work on his shot blocking ability as well. So he's been doing a little bit of everything. Why not pick him as the player to watch for this afternoon game as well?
0: I like the pick. I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward, though, for mine. He's really been playing some strong basketball. Another good personal effort against Detroit 5 of 6 from the field made his only three-point attempt, ended up finishing with 12 points, four rebounds, two assists, and I believe he was the only member of the starting lineup not to be a minus in the plus minus. I think when they locked it down at the end, he was at a a zero and even. But He's been playing well. He's been shooting well in particular. The three-point shot the last four games, much improved. He's over 40% in that subset, and I think this is a game here where, you know, Charlotte's gotten good efforts from him. Now, he's still on a bit of a minutes restriction. He's not going to go north of, say, 25, 26, maybe twenty. 27 minutes but in that time frame if he can win his minutes a bit more decisively and that's not only on him but he's obviously a big part of it when he's out there on the floor he's at least 20 percent of the personnel for charlotte when he's out there at any one time if that can happen i think that really increases the hornets chances Part of that is because early on in the game, you might be seeing him head-to-head with Paolo Banquero. That might be how the rotations work out. Part of that just is he's that kind of veteran, that kind of player for the Hornets that they want to lean on him while he's out there. We understand he's not going to play anywhere near 40 minutes per game like he was at one point earlier in the season. But right now for the 20. 20- 3-27 to 27 that he is going to be out there, you want to see a, a little bit more of a tilt towards the Hornets than we have been the last couple of games. They definitely got that the last two home games against Chicago and Miami. I think if they get it again here today, they'll have
3: good results against Orlando.
0: Where do you want to go next? A stat to
3: watch or a magic player to watch? Let's go with Magic Player to watch, and I'm going to take a look at Cole Anthony. At the beginning of the season, it seemed like Orlando was bringing Cole Anthony off the bench a lot. and I'm thinking, why in the world would they do that? Because he's just such a talented player, but he's done a great job filling that role. He's still coming off the bench. He came off the bench in their win Friday against Minnesota on the road, which, again, had a little bit of extracurriculars to it if you haven't looked at the highlight shows or anything like that. But Cole Anthony, 20 points off the bench, that ended up being what was a team high for the Magic. He was a plus 10 and a plus minus. Very efficient. Six of eight from the field. Hit both of his three-point attempts. Six of eight from the free throw line as well. Eight rebounds, six assists. He did a little bit of everything. That's going to be a fun matchup depending on how the lineup breaks for the Hornets and how the rotations look like. But we could see Dennis Smith Jr. on Cole Anthony. That would be a really fun matchup to watch here this afternoon at the Hive. But in total, Cole Anthony, that guy coming off the bench, I think he's the one you got to watch because sometimes the bench for the Hornets just doesn't have the scoring output that we'd like to see. So if the Magic are able to net a significant positive in the bench point margin in terms of the Hornets going up against the Magic, then I would probably say that's not a very good thing for the Hornets, obviously. So Cole Anthony's my player to watch in this afternoon's game once again.
0: All right, I'll be honest. You threw a little bit of a curveball here at me. I'm, I'm happy to pivot, but I thought you would go with Paolo Bancaro and I was going to go with Markel Fultz, who was not in the lineup the first times the Hornets saw Orlando earlier in the season, but he has been playing lately, obviously a former number one overall pick playing the same or a similar position to LaMelo Ball. Those are the kinds of matchups you want to see. I know Foltz has had more than his fair share of issues, injuries, and otherwise that have kept him from playing up to that number one pick status. But still, you know, he got that selection for a reason, and so I was excited to see that matchup. But since you're leaving him there, i got to take Paolo Bancaro. Paolo has had a slow start here to February. It's been his worst month, or a whopping two games into it, but he is shooting his lowest percentages from the field. He's yet to make a three in the month of February, so he, he certainly hasn't been playing as well. But January was a strong month for him again. He continues to lead the field in terms of rookie of the year pace. His three-point percentage had been better in December and January than it was in October and November. I think he's a real star in the making here. Someone Orlando is going to have the ability to build around. There's a variety of other players that people are infatuated with on this Magic roster, but I think Paolo Boncaro, he is already the straw that stirs the drink. It's, it's a matter of can he be more in the LeBron James mold where his rookie year is a struggle because rookies tend to and it's hard for them to leave teams into the playoffs Uh, but year two year three you start to see even bigger results personally and collectively for the magic with Boncaro as the lead man or is it still more time more pieces that have to get added before Orlando can really take off but I think they've got a centerpiece right now in Paolo Boncaro last but not least we need a statistic to watch
3: I think my statistic to watch today is going to be turnovers. That's been a point of emphasis, obviously, all season for the Hornets and for a uh, Steve Clifford coach team in general. But when you take a look at it, it's a pretty sizable spread when it comes to percentage of turnovers. By the team, Charlotte averages about 13 turnovers per game. The Magic turned the ball over almost 15 times per game, and it's a pretty big spread. I mean, Charlotte's top six in the association when it comes to the percentage, and when you look at it on the other side for the Magic, they're third worst in the association, and it's only a two turnover difference, so just kind of interesting numbers in that regard, but when you go back to Friday's game for the Hornets, they were able to turn Detroit over 23 times. It resulted in 30 points off of those turnovers, and it still wasn't enough to pick up the win. And when you go back all the way to the last time that these two teams met, I know it was a long time ago. It was back on November 14th. But the Magic turned the ball over a lot in that game as well. And I know they didn't have their normal pieces. For that one, Cole Anthony, Paulo, Banchero, Carroll, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Jonathan Isaac, and Mo Wagner did not play in that one for Orlando. But the Magic still turned the ball over 22 times in that game. So if the Hornets are able to at least capitalize on those turnovers a little bit better than they were in Detroit on Friday, I think they got a good chance of this one. And obviously, you don't want to give away live ball turnovers either. So that's why it's my statistic to watch for this contest.
0: I like the pick, Rob. I'm going to go with offensive rebounds for this one. Charlotte has been, throughout the season, one of the weaker shooting Teams in the NBA. I don't think that you can point to the injuries anymore as being the primary issue for that. It, it just it continues to be a major one here for Buzz City. So I think you have to accept that and accept the fact that there are going to be additional offensive rebounding opportunities available to you, and you have to be there to clean up the glass. Furthermore, Charlotte top five in the entire NBA in offensive rebounds per game. They're one of only six teams averaging 12 or more per contest on the season. The Magic. Are one of about 10 to 12 teams that are averaging 10 or fewer on the season. So I'm going to go with the offensive glass. We know the opportunities have been there for the Hornets throughout the season. I think it's one where they really need to capitalize. They did a decent job on the offensive glass compared to a big Detroit team. But quite frankly, that's not a strong suit for Detroit. And they were able to make that even enough that the points off turnovers gap was not nearly as decisive as it probably should have been, considering how badly the Hornets beat the. Pistons in that department. Here is one where I'm not sure if the points off turnovers is going to be decisive so you got to make second chance points another way to generate extra opportunities for a Hornets team that has been struggling to shoot the rock over the last couple of games haven't been struggling inside Spectrum Center back-to-back good wins Hornets only have one game on this homestand before hitting the road again for two and then after that there's only eight road games left on the slate that means about two to one home games to road games finally get to enjoy some home time inside Spectrum Center with all our great Hornets fans and tickets of course are available at hornets.com rob longo thanks as always for joining me here and of course after the game is over you can tune in to tomorrow's edition of the hhc rob and myself will have a full breakdown of this game against the magic sounds good can't wait to see everybody at the hive this afternoon it'll be a lot of fun thanks to rob longo thanks to all of you for tuning in for everyone here i'm sam farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along and we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on the hornets hivecast
1: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by
0: Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.